0: are tuned in to the Creative Dive Podcast and I'm your host Renee Leanne. Join us as we dive into the creative lives of artists, musicians, and people working in the arts to find the hidden gems in their stories and experiences. So today on the podcast, I'm talking to Drew Sherman. He's a musician, an artist, a promoter, a DJ, and the director of the 50/50 Arts Collective. And his musical project is called Psychic Pollution. And it's his music that's the intro track of the podcast. He's also my partner of 13 years, although we're always confused every year about how long it is that we've been together, so we're not really sure. Anyways, thanks for being here today and agreeing to let me interview you.
1: No problem. (laughs) Happy to be here.
0: (laughs) Awesome. So first off, I wanted to ask you how you got started as a musician.
1: Um, a friend of mine knew how to play guitar, and I wanted to play music with him, so he was like, why don't you learn how to play drums? So I learned how to play drums when we were kids.
0: How old were you, do you think?
1: Uh, about 13, something like that.
0: Okay, so did you start a band, or just... Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. First, we just played for fun, just like, tried to cover Nirvana songs, and... And then we, uh, I don't know, it was a lot of fun. We usually just cover bands we liked.
0: So what would you say has inspired your music career?
1: I just have a natural love for music. And I always enjoy listening to people's music, and it's always inspired me to try and make similar kinds of music. You know, some of my favorite music, I'll try and emulate some in, in a lot of ways, just because I find it really inspiring.
0: Mm-hmm. So is there anything that um, currently you're really inspired by?
1: I don't know. This new record I'm doing is it's like uh, it's all about uh, like James Bond in space kind of thing. So it's really spy centric, dark electronic music. So that's kind of what's going on right now. I'm developing a fake soundtrack for a fake movie, basically. Hmm. And it's been pretty fun so far.
0: So psychic pollution sound has changed a lot over the years. How long has psychic pollution as a musical project been around? And how would you describe the music that it was originally when you first started doing psychic pollution
1: i think i started in like 1998 would be like the first official release that i put out and that release i kind of was just learning how to record ideas i had and i had all kinds of different ideas so it was quite a variety record of different styles of music like folk and electronic and punk and It was all over the place, metal, whatever. Like, I had a lot of fun making that record, and that was sort of the first one that I put out.
0: And then how did the project progress musically? Like, how did it take shape over the years?
1: I kind of put it on the back burner for a long time because I was in a lot of other bands when I was living in Calgary. And then when I had more time, after moving out here I was able to kind of bring it out again in the last, I don't know, 10 years, something like that, 15 years. A record every year, almost since I've been taking it seriously. So I think it's up to close to about that number.
0: So how many albums are under the name Psychic Pollution?
1: I would say about 13 or 14. I think I'm coming up on to 15. This wow. is like a couple records on the go right now.
0: A couple of records on the go? Yeah. Okay, so you have um, a couple records on the go. Are they, like, how would you describe the music? You said that, well, at least one of them is um, James Bond in space inspired as a soundtrack. But um, is that what both of them are like, or is that just one of them?
1: The other one I started making in March of last year when the pandemic just kind of kicked off. And I had decided that I wanted to have it done by the end of the pandemic, but there was no end. Mm -hmm. I thought it'd be like maybe a year or so before everybody would be back. Things would be back to normal. I am still working on that record and it's has a lot more variety on it with regards to the music as opposed to the soundtracky kind of record that I'm doing. So there's a lot more vocals and stuff like that too, brought back to what I'm doing you know
0: and what kind of style would you describe it as
1: it's definitely like electronica Mm. electronica covers a wide range of electronic genres yeah
0: (laughs) okay so would you describe it as like dancey or
1: yeah I mean i not in the typical sort of I guess a couple tracks could be borderline typical sort of, you know, follow into like a house or a techno kind of vein. But for the most part, it's just straight up electronic music, really.
0: So typically your albums have themes to them. So you mentioned the James Bond thing. And then in the past, you've had other themes such as one of them was... Uh, titled something about flat earthers
1: uh tales from a flat planet
0: right so can you maybe talk about how how you're inspired to come up with these themes for your albums
1: yeah actually because it usually takes a year or so for me to come like come together with the record have all the songs ready and And during that whole process, I'm thinking about what I'm creating and what, if it has a theme or not, if it doesn't have a theme, it's a lot of, sometimes my records are just a collection of songs I've been working on, but they don't necessarily have any sort of tie in together. But for the most part, I I feel like um, I draw inspiration from giving myself a task to create something that's more um, beyond just some music you know like uh, I feel like if you uh, can create like sort of a storyline behind the music um, it makes it more interesting to some people and aside from it being cool music already it's just like if there's some kind of like other tie-in then it might actually also like get people to listen to the album from start to finish as opposed to just uh, a random track on shuffle you know what mm-hmm. I mean
0: Yeah that makes sense. You've been a touring musician for many years. How many times have you toured across Canada and what was that experience like for you?
1: I wouldn't say across Canada like went all the way across Canada very often like I I would go to Toronto usually and I've only been out to uh, out east once and that was super fun and it was for a different musical project But um, I don't know. I've probably done it like five or six times, I think. I can't Mm -hmm. put a finger on it exactly. Mm -hmm. Maybe more. (laughs) Anyways, it's always been – it's part of the process. You release a record, you go on tour. And if if you're not getting enough traction on – it's a lot better to go on the road. And the people that you meet and the contacts you make, it's like – it's way better than, you know, trying to promote something from your from your computer, you know what I mean?
0: And I think that it also probably helps create a lot of relationships and like a network of people that are interested in similar music or at least interested in music in general across Canada that you like a lot of people that you've met that has like helped you gain more interest in your music, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Most of my you know best friends across the country are musicians or promoters or whatever people have done something nice for me while I was there playing a show. So it does create a really interesting network and we all like help each other out when we can.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: if someone's coming to Victoria, I'll do what I can to put the, put the show on for them same for the for if i come to their town, you know. It's always been that way in the DIY scene, but it's still kind of like that, but now it's it's such a bummer that none of us can use our talents to help bands, you know, come back and forth from different places.
0: Yeah, that was going to be something else i wanted to mention was just that the covid's really affected the music industry it's like at a standstill, nobody's playing shows. I mean, there's been some some online shows and some that you've put on and promoted, but in terms of live in-person shows, there's nothing really happening, at least in Canada. So what do you see as a way forward for live music in general? I guess once maybe people can go out again. Like, how do you see that coming back or changing? What do you think is something that could help the industry?
1: I don't know. It's going to be, it's not going to be the same when it does come back. I really can't tell. I this whole thing's been so unpredictable. It's like, you know, it keeps throwing curve balls too. Now there's some kind of variance. So it's like, Jesus, like, And and for some reason, the arts are getting really like pushed aside. But the the issue with the arts is that people gather in large numbers and in places. And that's what you do. That's part of the enjoyment of going to a concert is being surrounded by people that are all enjoying the same experience. Mm -hmm. But now, now that's like to health officials, that's like, no way, you know, like people cannot do that. You know, so it's like, I don't know, it's hard to, like, put a finger on what the future of music is going to be like. It's I think a lot of musicians are struggling with this right now. You know, like, I'm just a regular Joe goes on tour every once in a while. There's so many musicians that count on being on the road every year, all the time. They count on that money and it's gone. So there, there's so many people that are uh, reevaluating, I guess, their lives and whether how important music is to them. But it seems like there's a lot of inspiration going on with COVID right now too. There's a lot of new music coming out, just as as much of a pace as it was in the past. You know what I mean? And people seem to be getting inspired, be, sitting at home and, you know, learning how to record themselves and putting out records it's been pretty neat that way so music is still happening it's just people are missing the social experience of it
0: Mm -hmm. and the magic of seeing it being performed live in front of you
1: yeah I could see I could see maybe the first things that might become available to the public with regards to music might be like large scale concerts in large parks where people can distance properly and it can be managed in some way. It's like the Flaming Lips concerts that are in like bubbles, you know, like up to four people can climb into one of those things.
0: Yeah. They're like giant hamster balls.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) In terms of maybe advice that you could give to people that are, you know, musicians that are just maybe starting out and maybe trying to think of, you know, ways that they can create albums or music and doing like coming up with like songwriting and being creative and producing, you know, music on their own. What kind of advice could you give to people that are maybe trying to get into that mind space? and trying to figure out how to go about doing that.
1: I think with, with most, most people, they, it's important to set goals. And um, if you have an idea for some music that you want to make, you have to set goals uh, for the steps it takes to create that kind of music. So, you know, if you want to learn how to play an acoustic guitar, you have to like research acoustic guitars and, And then, you know, go to the store and ask questions, go back again another day and finally pick that guitar and then start learning how to play it. You know, it's it's the same kind of deal. And then afterwards, you have to set the goals of learning how to play or learning how to use that instrument. You know, in my case, it's a synthesizer or something. So some nights I'll go to my studio just to learn how to use it and not make any music, you know, because I'm like, have to, program a thing you know <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. but, it, but if I don't then I can't use it so it's it's I have to be like I want to make this kind of music in order to do that I have to learn how to use this kind of machine to make this kind of music
0: mm-hmm. and what about if people can go on tour again in the future and maybe they haven't done that before but they're kind of excited by the idea of doing that what's like a good first step to kind of start to be able to do something like that
1: there's the there's some decent facebook groups that can be joined and other sort of reddit groups that talk about touring across the country Um, and there's some lists compiled of venues across the country whatever venues are still open like in the future regardless of what older venues may be closing these days i'm sure there's going to be a big turnaround if and when COVID disappears of new venues spreading up across the country. So there's always some people keeping lists so that it's easier to get in contact with people. And that's really important is making those initial contacts and figuring out a way to sell your project to them and not be like too pushy about it is really important too. And just be like, hey, this is my music. Check it out. We want to come play. You know what, your space, you know, don't make it too too flashy. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it simple, put a link to your music. It's all people have time for these days, you know.
0: So in terms of your new albums, when are they gonna be out? When can people expect to be able to listen to them?
1: Um, I'm being incredibly patient at the moment. Normally I kind of push myself to release it quickly so that I can work on new stuff but uh, this time I'm like sitting on these records a little bit and listening to them and seeing if I want to tweak them anymore so I'm not exactly sure I'm thinking that likely I'll probably release something before the summertime and then probably something after or in during the summer as well these two records I'll probably be releasing pretty close together okay yeah.
0: And so people can find your music on Bandcamp. Is that the best way to hear your music when it comes out?
1: Yep. It's all over the place Spotify, whatever thing you listen to.
0: <laughs> and people can also listen to you DJ Sundays at CFUV. Do you want to mention how they can listen to you there?
1: Uh, Sure. Yeah. I have a program on CFUV called Audio Osmosis and it's every Sunday, 5 to 6 PM. And um, yeah, it's a cool, fun show. I recorded here.
0: So people can search CFUV.ca and look at the website and find Audio Osmosis or listen live on the radio. Um, How else can they find you online?
1: Uh, On Mixcloud, Facebook, and Instagram, I have I post like a bunch of stuff on there, and and uh, yeah, tune in five to six p.m. Sundays. I'll
0: post some links in the show notes to the Psychic Pollution Band Camp page as well as the Audio Osmosis page. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me today.
1: Of course, my pleasure. And
0: to tell everybody about your musical projects. And, yeah, maybe we'll have to have you back on when your albums are out.
1: Sounds good. I'm down.
0: And now I'm going to play a song by Psychic Pollution. It's off of the 2020 release, Digital Apathy, and it's called Lawnmower Man. Thanks for listening to the Creative Dive podcast. Music is by Psychic Pollution. If you enjoyed listening, please like, share, and subscribe. Catch you next time.